Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're talking again. Our bodies were made. Welcome to the Swapcast Podcast, the world's only podcast dedicated to body swap movies. I'm your host, Paul Mitzi, and with me we have... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm so used to going third, Brendan Levi. <laughs> and joining us once again, the lovely... Hannah Dallas. Welcome back. Thank Welcome you so back. much. In today's episode, we'll be breaking down the 2017 sci-fi thriller, In Control. It's all one word. <laughs> Where four college students use a stolen machine that allows them to take over the bodies of those around them. But before we get into that, just a reminder that we absolutely love hearing from our listeners and we welcome film suggestions for future episodes. So please reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram, send us an email at theswapcastpodcast.gmail.com. And if you want to support our show, reviewing us is the best way possible. So to say thank you, if we reach 100 star ratings on iTunes and Spotify, we'll finally fulfill our fans' most common request to review Face Off. Rush Hour 3. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so welcome back, Hannah. Um, Thank you. you weren't scared off by your first oh, <laughs> foray into the swap universe. Oh, I'm surprised I the dismal audio quality, but um, yeah. yeah, put in <laughs> maximum effort this time. <laughs> no, I thought it was good. It was like um, it, it sort of was a representation of the film's quality. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Your audio was actually better, better than, than the film. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good point. I just went, uh, yeah. I'd like to commit, uh, uh, like, on theme for whatever film. Yeah. Well, I, I'd hate to know what the theme is for this one, yeah. but. We'll uh, <laughs> so, on to In Control. I watch a lot of movies of all different genres and budgets. And the same could just be said for the films I've watched for this podcast. We've covered pretty out there concepts, people swapping bodies constantly, challenging the viewer's perception of reality in a major way. But this is the first time I think I've generally struggled knowing what the fuck was going on in some pretty key moments. <laughs> that whole like opening line, I was just like, what Paul's trying to say is, I'm not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get it brings movies. me to my- I understand <laughs> if, things. <laughs> I've I've grappled with uh, high concepts before. <laughs> well, that, it does. It brings me to my question: Am I an idiot, or was this just bad filmmaking, or possibly both of those things? <laughs> I'm not going to answer first because I might be <laughs> I might be an idiot as well. <laughs> Hannah, can you can you uh, tell us what this I, movie was about? I was so confused. I was so confused. Like I vaguely got the concept of uh, these are university students. They're getting hooked up to this machine. They're able to inhabit other people's minds. Um, it's really unclear how that came to be um, when mm. they're in someone else's body. Um, uh, like what is happening in any of the characters' lives, who they are as people. Yeah. Uh, the final I, act was totally incomprehensible to me. Like, I, I really I'll, I'll had be... to sit down for, like, half an hour and, and do some 
solid thinking. I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> my phone did come out, like, <laughs> in this film. And I was like, oh, no, I missed something, didn't I? <laughs> so, I, I like, watched a 12-minute, like, recap of this entire film on YouTube. So, was that with the AI voice? With the AI voice. Did you watch the same one? Yeah, I had to. <laughs> so, no. No one actually took the time to, like, do a recap. They, like, did a... Yeah, they got a robot to say it. Um, and it did not... I was like, oh, cool. I didn't miss a beat. This movie is... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't even get... Um, I know we'll get to it. But the peanut butter... Like, the, the main character is allergic <laughs> to peanut butter. So, when she inhabits other people's bodies, like, she goes and eats peanut butter. I didn't realise that that was what was happening. Uh, see, time. I got that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe I am just stupid. But what does because that mean for the ending? The, the wait, means- wait, wait, wait. Let's not oh, confuse our audience any any further. Paul, can you just give us the 30-second plot summary? <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> All right, I can try. I can try, and I'll give you my version of events of what I think happened in this film. Brilliant. Okay. Okay. So count me down, and we'll, we'll give it a go. All right. Ready, steady, go. Okay, so it's about this girl, she's a university student, and then these other students ask her to come to this room where they all hook up to this machine that they said they stole from the university, and when you put the machine on, it, you think of someone, and then you can be, control the uh, like the decisions of that person, and so they do it, but all they do is just like go to parties and stuff in other people's bodies, and then in the end, uh, they start turning on each other, and then... Ooh, you're out of time, <laughs> Couldn't even get through them. You got pretty close. Pretty close. To you, you fed like 25 seconds explaining how they like just changed bodies. <laughs> yeah. It was a failure. I think you were stalling. Like- Paul, have as much time as you like. Tell everyone what, this movie, what happened to this <laughs> Okay. So, yeah. So, this guy, he invites this girl to try this machine. And tell and everyone you- at home how they know each other and like- why he would he, choose to, you know, let this person in on this very secretive, uh, you know, device. Well, in the f- it's not explained until the end. And I think... Mm, I think you're twist- wrong there. I don't think it is explained at the end either. <laughs> well, I think it kind of was-ish. It, I think the implied, implication yeah. is he wasn't who he was. Yeah. He was actually being controlled by someone else. And that person was... That we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some but it doesn't conspiracy. matter it doesn't matter who it was because i was hoping what? someone else would feel oh like. no <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like so at the end like the two like the, the two people that introduced her to the machine they kill the other two people including her the, including the main character but then and then they kill them, they're, like they leave their bodies but kill their bodies at the same time. So then, but then she wakes up. She wasn't actually killed properly. Oh, no, sorry, no. She 
was in another body yes. when she got killed. Yeah. And the other body that she was in had a car accident in the moment she was killed because she lost control or whatever. Yeah. And then when she wakes up from the car accident, we see her live her life for a while and then we realise because she eats the peanut butter at the end that she's actually now stuck in the other body. Now, do you believe like she got amnesia and it's her in the other body or that like two souls inhabit this one body now and like elements of her is seeping through uh in the end of it i my interpretation was that um the body is kind of existing as a host but is is occupied by the main character Mm, yeah because they they made the implication like with the two evil people at the end like that the two bodies can be in there like fighting for control over yeah. each other um very much like uh, the film that Brendan and I've reviewed in the past all of me with Steve Martin which was a much more entertaining version of that concept <laughs> um but uh yeah it just it made no sense but also like if this is like a you know evil corporation or whatever you said it's an evil corporation <laughs> or or if it's anyone really yeah if it's anyone <laughs> controlling other people and making them go and control other people like what's the end game and what were they trying to achieve because all they were doing when they were doing these like controlling other people parties is like going to college parties oh, yeah, and so drinking much and taking drugs because uh, i think my, one of my main issues is that there wasn't um, – so if they're viewing it as like this hedonistic vehicle, right, where you can like mm-hmm. go and hook up and um, transport yourself into somebody else's body, you don't get the um, hangover the next day, you can take drugs, you can, you know, not abuse that body but use it for um, like partying pleasures. The partying mm-hmm. didn't seem fun enough. I feel like there was there should have been a, a phase of the film where it was clear that like people were having the fucking time of their lives. You know, they're they're going yeah. to these excellent mm-hmm. parties and like hooking up and like playing board games. And- oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> different parties, Brennan. Yeah, like, I um, guess so. Might be going to different parties, uh, but you didn't get that. It just seemed pretty lame. And um, yeah, oh, but you don't didn't you think that song that they played at the party? All these drunk bitches. All these drunk bitches. <laughs> oh, I didn't clock it. I have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> But then, yeah, so, like, it's it's taking a dive after that, right? Things are supposed to get dark, but I think it was already too dark. There wasn't enough of a mm. contrast between um, the appeal of the initial appeal of uh, using that uh, technology and then the darker side in the second half of the film. It was kind yeah, of Yeah, I know what overall, you mean. Like, sorry. It, it, should, it should have been that, like, flatline as well. Like, they're flirting with all these these things that they don't mm. want to put their own yeah, bodies right? through. Um and, you know, putting themselves in these, you know, escalating dangerous situations. But it's not that. It's just, like, hanging out at, like, an 18-year-old's birthday party. Yeah, but it felt weirdly th- sinister as well. Like, yeah, and then all of a sudden it just escalates to, like, robbing someone for some reason. Like, they, we didn't see, like, that character who, like, all of a sudden is like, hey, I'm going to rob someone at knife point at a, at a teller. Like, yeah. th- we didn't see him, like, have these, like, little bits of pieces of building that but tension th- of him like oh is he gonna all of a sudden be set off and 
do something but to I think go too far. In those moments, the implication was in those moments he wasn't making that decision. It was like a my it was like a body swap inception where he was taking over someone and someone was taking over him and making him rob and then that's why at the end he was like freaking yeah, out and this about is, his own decisions. I think this is the the most poorly executed part of the film that um final layer that they introduce at the end which is supposed to be this like aha moment like oh god it, mm-hmm. it, it runs so much deeper there's another they're being controlled by somebody else it it could have been this real black mirror-esque mm-hmm. commentary but um there wasn't enough to latch onto. like well who is it the university is it like some corporation like it felt like such a missed opportunity um, cause I did like the idea of well, where, how did they get that machine? Like no one seems to remember, like, obviously that's concerning that that's already obviously been planted for them. Um, is their data being used for something? Um, cause they talked about the MRI scans and things. Cause yeah, they mm. were like, it seemed like they were doing some sort of research on the device. Yeah. Yeah. By using, and it's, yeah. Random and what they were saying students. about, um, or oh, this time. You know, she managed to keep her job a lot longer than the others. And they're obviously like running tests on these people, but not enough was made of it. And um, it didn't, it wasn't taken anywhere. It was kind of just dumped on you right at the end uh, in a very obtuse way. The whole thing was seemed deliberately obtuse and it thought it was cleverer than it was. Yeah. Like mm. the, the direct, the writer director obviously had a lot to say. Like mm. there's a lot of uh, setting up ideas by you know having a lecturer explain you know what a panopticon is and then all these like discussions in in like theory classes to be like hey this is what the movie's about just in case you wanted to know like just listen to the lecturer talking right now you know kind of things (laughs) i i love that moment where when it's all being i guess quote unquote revealed at the end and it flashes back to a speech one of the characters made earlier about a prison experiment. And I think, you know, we're watching this speech again because it's supposed to be like, oh, now we're watching it in this context. It makes all these things make sense. But I was like, I don't get it. I don't get what she's talking about. Like in relation to this plot, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, because it's, yeah. Once again, it's bringing up like the, the idea of a panopticon that like people will act differently when they think they're being watched. I don't think that's what swapping bodies is about. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it felt very strange for that to be the undergraduate essay that the film was trying to write. Like, you you actually, that's not what you're engaging with. You're engaging with, like, concepts of, like, self and um, the uniqueness of an individual's experience. And, like, there's, there's so many other things that it's trying to talk about. But, yeah, it kept coming up to, like, Foucault's panopticon because she's a sociology student and she now that she's writing from personal experience her essays are getting better yeah marked, that was so the like- thing that Jeremy had said is because she's swapped bodies with uh you know some little like teeny bopper she all of a sudden can get A's in her class I'm like are yeah. you even attending class are you doing study it seems like you're spending eight hours a night like living out some other person's life like how are you doing better in your studies and all the swapping was just inane. Like, nobody did anything interesting when no. they swapped into these other bodies. Like, literally, there's scenes where she swaps and just sits on the couch and eats ice cream while watching TV. <laughs> and, like, the film almost makes it seem like it's, like, this dark, edgy moment. And so I don't get what you're trying to say. Like, the film's tone is just so... 
like his ambient is the way yeah describe that's a good way to describe it like it. taking an ambient yeah <laughs> taking an ambient yeah <laughs> it's like it's all these people whispering calmly to each other in cavernous empty rooms as piano amb- plays like yeah obs- well ambient piano plays in the background it's like what tone were they going for and there That's was a moment think- where they go into a room and someone's playing the piano I'm like oh finally they found them can they shut them the fuck up <laughs> 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 there was an air of pretentiousness, wasn't there? Where it's yeah. like, oh, where it's very the, the aesthetic ah. is almost like ex machina, that clean kind of um, brutalist architecture with you know very like overcast weather and everything's um, and the pace being mm. like super dragged, like which is like it makes no sense because this film goes for seventy seven minutes, but. <laughs> like they, it felt so long. so long. I was checking the the time like every ten minutes, like thinking, "Oh, that must have been another hour." <laughs> I watched it in like <laughs> twenty minute chunks. Yeah, I had to watch it in two sittings. I couldn't do it in one. Yeah, um, but it, it really does feel literally double its length at minimum. But you can like you can totally feel the sort of inspirations. Like you know, the device is very like prime primer Mm -hmm. like it's this like obelisk of like you know oh it's technology and it's weird and it's you know foreign um i actually do like the design of the device though the design of the device is quite beautiful and unobtrusive yeah but i it just feels so odd that you can literally like just jump bodies by like sticking a diode to your head and just sitting in a chair you know like yeah, and I it, it really wasn't clear how they were like choosing the people they swap into because it seemed like it was a deliberate choice. But how are they connecting to those specific people? Because like, like to begin with, the people she's going in, it doesn't seem like she even had any connection with those people at all whatsoever. And suddenly she's just like swapping into them. So like, is it that you think of someone and then you suddenly can go into their brain? Like, how does that work? Well, they do try and level? explain it at the start, don't they? They you know. You have to visualize the person. They have to be close. Like, there's all these like it's very clunky that when they do the exposition. We're irrelevant of the rules. because we don't know who these people are that they're jumping into bodies of. And exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a whole or how like, they long... pick their victims and yeah, or why or yeah. This whole long exposition scene where they're on that balcony above the skyline of the city. Do you remember that where they're yeah yeah yeah? Where just all I could hear was like the <laughs> the audio of like. A, a cityscape and yes. barely hear their voices. Yeah. <laughs> it felt yeah, like it was so that- whispery. It's like you're explaining the rules. Can you go inside, please? <laughs> Even Inception had to do that, you know, to talk about yeah. Sit, yeah. sit the character down and the deep dive, initial deep dive on how the tech works. But yeah, it was, it went for so long. It didn't make sense, like the rules of it. And then they didn't really seem to follow it from there on anyway. I was too busy going, like, what is. Like who is the who are these people? Yeah, like, this guy and this girl. They seem to have this like will they won't they sort of chemistry. Um, but I don't know. Like they don't go to the same class, so I know they didn't meet that way. They seem to be like completely disconnected, other than the fact that he goes to the coffee shop, but he's sitting down and reviewing her homework. <laughs> like yeah, what? and yeah, and then and then like. 
The film sets finally sets out something interesting that she starts swapping into his girlfriend without his knowledge. Mm. Yes, and, and that does nothing with it. The ethics of that were actually interesting, but it didn't. You're right; yeah. it didn't do anything with that except. Like, and where's the scene of her going to her body and then fucking him? Yeah, like that's what we want. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna create drama. It's gonna create drama. It's gonna be sexy. It's gonna bring something. And it, maybe it, just like a little more of her feeling conflicted about like she's like a sociology like student i i expected her to be more like uh is this cool that we're like going into people's bodies and consuming drugs and having like sex with people like this doesn't seem you know to be cool. and he does like this speech kind of justifying it and you're like that's a bunch of horseshit none of your justifications are actually valid at all there's nothing morally right about what you're doing nothing yeah i this arbitrary rule that they all seem to follow of like oh no we won't occupy each other's bodies like we're not going to do that but (laughs) you're doing all this other like incredibly unethical things in within other people's bodies yeah I, that didn't make sense to me either but then i think the film had that get a get out of jail free card at the end where you like you can justify it by saying oh at that point they weren't actually controlling their own decisions maybe yes maybe. possibly <laughs> but it kind of felt like a instead of that being um a revelation it kind of felt like a little bit of a cop-out mm. to just throw that away at the end of the film like oh and by the way like Maybe nothing they did was within their control at all. Free will. Blah. I'm just going yeah, to yeah. smoke screen yeah. out of there. A slave to, yeah, social, uh, social conditioning and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. there's a lot of things I know, like, you knew what they were trying to do. Like, the girl um, and her home life and mother just not having it together. Like, I thought she was quite good, that woman who played the mother. Yeah, but then, like, the, the end of that storyline, I guess, was she then swapped into her mum to get her life back together. Yes. Yep. But then it never explored the consequences of that. That was only seen as a good thing, right? Like, she got a reception job at the hospital and yeah, living her best life. That's all you have to do. Just go outside. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> jobs are put, just... <laughs> <laughs> just put your shoes on and go get a job. <laughs> Yeah, cool. But yeah, like her her storyline was supposed to be like she was this tight laced girl who like always had to like look after her mother and never got to like let loose. And you know, her you know revelation of this was was supposed to be sort of like being able to experience that and then you know breaking those ties with her mother, like being responsible for her or whatever. But yeah, none of that really pays off or is of any consequence and is just left because they shoot her. <laughs> Do you know what's like fucking frustrating is that this film, and I say this a lot on this show, but this film really does have the building blocks for a great it does. film. Yeah. Like the concept is good. And any, I feel like any of us three <laughs> could sit down and write a better script than what they did. I'm confident. That we could. I like, just it feel might like- be generic, but there's the very obvious building blocks yes. here of what you could do with this story. And pick one thing. If you're if you're gonna pick um, say like free will. So you're gonna question um, people the nature of free will through um, taking over people's bodies and making decisions for them. That is so rich. Like just deep dive into that. Or are you going to um, question the ethics? of um, occupying somebody else's brain? Or are you going to, um, oh, like, any even, number? Even, like, like the the whole, like, panopticon, like, you know, what people do when nobody's watching kind of thing. Like, they could have 
Yes, totally actually done that, investigated that. Yeah. Just individually going into bodies and like doing things that were, yeah, because they were always together. So they were always like sort of limited in what they would do because people were watching. Like it just. <laughs> yeah. And so how about you- for the people that they swap into? How about, okay, they swap into that person, make them do awful things. Swap out, and then we see that person dealing in real life. With they that. like cross paths and see that it's like fucked them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and and also like let's see the consequences. Let's see how that affected that person's life. Like that's interesting. Yeah, because they're like, oh, these these people are rich, so you know, like you could have had a girl have you know a one night stand, and that you know obviously affects her you know social standing in her group or you know she takes drugs and then you know she get ods and always dies and then like that like you know causes a rift in her family or you know you could have Mm. multiple things happen but yeah i think the main thing it was trying to show us that it was detrimental to was her ability to hold down a job or go to school but any of the actual like psychological well that's uh, why they killed her right yeah because they were like oh she held out like I felt like they were studying the addiction of, of this device. Yes. Because yeah. like as soon as she quit her job, they're like, all right, you know, put a put a gun yeah, to her done. head, shoot her. <laughs> and they, and, and they, they even like incepted, I'm going to use the word incepted because people will understand <laughs> what I mean, uh, incepted the, uh, great her boss and gave her a raise and shit because there's no like hospitality boss. It's like, you're doing a great job. I'm giving you a raise. doesn't happen. No <laughs> such thing. <laughs> Yeah. I hated the cafe yeah. storyline. I really did. Every time we're in the, the cafe, I'm like, cafe. oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> but they're constantly, constantly cleaning for nobody. <laughs> it's like flea bag cafe, just completely empty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the cups were empty. My pet hate empty cups of Hollywood. <laughs> Every time they put a coffee down on the counter or like a, a, a chai, whatever, just that <laughs> hollow tap on the counter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like empty is a good describer for this film because <laughs> it really, yeah, it, probably the most populated scene of the film is when she's in the lecture theater and even that's like 10 people. But like, surely, like, this feel, feels like, well, I thought it was a student film. Mm, it does have it, that feel like, to it, doesn't it? But then when I looked at the IMDb, like, these are people that have been in stuff. So, like, these are all like, I, I'm pretty sure this is Canadian. And these are all people that pop up, uh, pop up in all the like CW shows that are shot in Canada, and like so these are people with careers. So surely they didn't all stoop down for this awful student film. Like, but fucking get some kids from the from the university in the film department and put them as extras. Like, yeah, fill anyone. the lecture theater out. It felt <laughs> yeah. very. Uh, I don't know. That felt bizarre. very accurate of my experience. Is that. Nobody actually attended lectures and they all watched it online. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even like the, at one point they they take over the body specifically so they can go to a party and then they go to the party and it's one guy smoking a bonk. That's what I mean. How like did, the parties are shit. They're no fun. And how did they know about that party? Well, that, if it was that one seems guy like- smoking a bonk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Terrible. Yeah. Do you know what, though? A lot of the locations were very beautiful. I will say mm. that much. Like, the buildings were really beautiful. All the... Why did they go to the woods? Not really sure why they went to the woods, but they were there. Had and that a was drone lovely. And they, had, they wanted the drone uh, shot. <laughs> that, is, that is my new pet hate. Drone Unnecessary, shots? unnecessary drone shots agree. in low-budget movies is my new pet hate. The sign of a bad, <laughs> low-budget director is drone shots. 
they're like, hey, let's just zoom the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and who who comes and picks their boyfriend up from the woods? Like, that didn't who, track, did it? Who, like, invites a girl that they're not romantically connected to into the woods to just hang on the side of a mountain? <laughs> And then Very the girlfriend, and the girlfriend no, picks like, her up, yeah. Yeah, and she's like not totally cool at all. about it, yeah. Uh, and so the the implication is that at some point someone has inhabited her body and convinced her, or like established a relationship with Mark. This 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 person who's in Mark's body, um, who we yes. don't know who it is. Uh, I assume for some it's reason, some why does he old man? Yeah. And why does he want a relationship with Marissa? I don't know. And why does she yeah, continue? Like, if- like, this guy's on the clock, right? <laughs> Whoever this mysterious man taking over this guy's body is, uh, he's doing a job, but they, like, took, you know, 20 minutes to infantilize this girl with him. And yeah. Yeah. Do, do we also think that, like, you can just hop into someone's body and, like, drive them over to a person and make them make out with them or whatever, and then hop out of their body again? And they're just going to continue to be. A- interested in someone that they weren't interested in before well, i like, guess isn't it well, a conscious choice to- i guess if you thought you made those decisions you'd kind of keep rolling with it right which Maybe. is what they tried to posit is that when people did things that they didn't want to they just sort of justified in their head oh uh, yeah maybe I, maybe i maybe did want to yeah <laughs> <laughs> Because I think we've all had those. I think we've all had those moments where we've started to date someone, and then we're like, "Why the fuck did I start this?" And then, yeah, then you kind of have to keep going for it for a little bit just to make sure that you weren't completely wrong. Yeah, right. And then you always realize you were. I don't. I don't. Maybe that's just me. I know it wouldn't be Brendan because he's dated like one person, but (laughs) (laughs) not relatable to Brendan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of get it. I get what you're saying about the justifying it to yourself and the brain wanting to make sense of it, the gap and that mm. they did try and explain that. But, it, yeah, I think in reality for me that that wouldn't track. Personal experience, I'd be like, mm, what am I doing? I don't think I'm into this person. <laughs> It'd be pretty confronting. So if you were to make, like, your ultimate version of this film, what kind of – what would be your vision for it? Would you want it to be like super sexy or like very like dark and broody or leaning more into the science fiction or? I think it has to be sexier and more fun at the start. Mm. And I don't think this is necessarily a film. I think it's just a Black Mirror episode. Like it's an hour of television or 50 minutes of television. I think it's a film. It's called Time Passes, the movie. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> no i would uh i would yeah I, f- I feel like if you're going down that route of like people letting go of inhibitions like it's got to be much more visceral and you know sexual in that in that mm. matter like um so much of it was just so far away from these people you know what i mean like i feel like i don't know yeah bring you that human this- pleasure element back into it because i think that surely has to be why people want to jump into other people's bodies because the film does flirt with it we get a few titty shots and like sex scenes but they have no context <laughs> and they're a bit yeah like, they felt very gratuitous they were just yeah they they weren't they, the vibe wasn't sexy the vibe was like icky <laughs> sad boobs <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and I think, I guess my final question about this film is, In Control is the name of the film. 
<laughs> in control isn't a word. There's no space no. in between in and control. It's in control. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I, Sounds I, more sci-fi. I don't know. <laughs> Like yeah, is there is there like a, a sort of like a database where you, if you if someone's already got the name of a film, you can't you know like a license plate. Like you gotta yeah. If you want to get a custom <laughs> custom name for your film, you gotta like come up with a new one. Is there an, or, is there a film called In Control? Or there's a a song called In Control by Hillsong Worship. So that's fun. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, exactly. Well done, Paul. See, you you, you what found a, the one thing I'd want to watch less than this. No way! What a setting for this film, right? Would be like inside, oh, like a a Hillsong or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Actually, uh, like within a this- religious cult, like that could be a very interesting setting. Yeah, but no, I'm thinking like. Uh, you know, you're putting, pe- like, you're controlling the Hillsong people and making them do all, like, hedonistic as fuck things. So, like, uh, what's going on in Hillsong? Yeah. <laughs> it's just explaining it. <laughs> they're, just, they're doing it in person, <laughs> like, in front of other people. <laughs> okay, so here's my what I'm positing. Mm. We remake this film, call it In Control, so we don't get sued, <laughs> and make it good. Why haven't you found some girl? She does keep looking at you. Right here? Yeah, you know what I mean? The two. No, I've got some. So you heard what we thought of the movie, but how attractive did we find the cast? Now it's time for Hot or Not. Take it away, me. Are they a toot or a boot? Are they ugly or cute? Tell me if they're hot or not. Ding, ding. Everybody's beautiful, beautiful in their, in their own, own way. Own way. <laughs> just gonna ignore everyone else's voices and just push through. Like you can't, yeah. you can't start to listen yeah. to each other. <laughs> There's so much lag today; it, it was impossible. <laughs> All right, I just have to say, like outright, this is a very attractive cast. Yes, but attractive in that like Target catalog kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most generic pretty people you can find. And I think maybe because the the characters literally had no personalities that there was nothing to latch on to. But on a visual level, yes, they were quite attractive. So I don't think there's going to be much argument here. Um, but Anna Savkik um, as Samantha, the, our main character. Great hair, great hair. Excellent hair. Really? I did. Yeah, I think so. Oh, Very I'm clean. just like, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just think uh, I hated her glasses acting. Mm. You know when you when someone in a movie wears glasses and you can tell that they don't in real life and they fiddle with them in ways that us glasses wearers never do. Um, that was you see through it on display. The yeah. glasses were wearing her, weren't they? I yes. I do feel like we we missed this part of it, but. <laughs> <laughs> am I am I going I don't know if I'm going too far back. Um but I think just in general the acting or maybe it was the directing of this film um sort of failed this this as well because like just all of it. Ah, this is too far. I've gone too far cuz I was going to say like I think this film would have been better served if when they were in other people's bodies I could recognize who was in whose body. Um, by a bit more of a, a change in personality. And when a second person, like when there's two people, you know, sort of that I should be able to like tell, you know. Mm. Yeah, there were no cues where there for like entry and exit and who was or who. Or just subtle differences that, you know, sort of, you know. Yeah. Can't, anyway, sorry. 
That's we're we're supposed to be objectifying people right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare you, Brendan? How dare you interrogate the the film? Um, Sarah Troyer as Marissa, um, like the girl that she goes into the cheerleader. Yeah. Do, do we ever even see her do any cheerleading? No. We're just told that, is that she, what she she, she is was a one. cheerleader. They called her that once. Um, she was beautiful though. Yeah, she I reckon was, she's my number one. She's right up there. Yeah. Um, very pretty girl. But again, nothing to latch on to at all. <laughs> There's even that bit where um, she's in front of them. Well, she's not in front of the mirror. Um, the woman who's, like, inhabiting her brain, when she's in front of the mirror, like, touching her body, thoroughly yeah. unsexy. Could have been a very <laughs> sexy, like, yeah, yeah, female body moment, but no. It was like a, a medical examination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, see, she was looking at her titties and she looked upset. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, she's the blandest. <laughs> All right, Rory J. Saper as Victor. Now, I have to say he was probably the hottest for me, purely because he had an accent, which made him different than everyone else. Uh, but I don't know. He had he had nice hair as well, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I thought he was hot. Yeah, I'm not going to throw in a not vote. Um, not really my, not my jam, but he's not not hot. Hmm. Like, I mean, I think he was a scum person. Like, we don't know for sure because it could have been someone else making those decisions for him and he was just trapped. Like, he did some shitty things. We keep, we'll keep getting told that he was a shitty person. Actually, I'm mm. looking at, I've, I've just Googled him and to be honest, no, no, not hot. Oh, really? Thin lips. <laughs> Too thin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the pictures now. I get what you mean. Mm. I'm still giving him a hot. All right. <laughs> Brendan, uh, I I don't like like you you said about like the target like these people are very like attractive in like a real sense, um, but they've also been done up like they're about to shoot a target catalog. So yeah, and <laughs> he's fine. To, even, he's fine. Even even to the point of their clothes looking like target clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's sure. all that kind of like like uh very plain hoodies and singlets and like nothing of interest yeah like, it's like they went out of their way <laughs> like yeah you go to a party you expect like maybe they like glitz it up a bit but everyone there look like you know oh we're just shopping Especially off the rack the rich person like party yeah rich- yeah, there's supposed to be rich people and no one's yeah. doing anything nice. No, yeah. There wasn't enough disparity between uh, rich and poor as well. I'm like, oh, okay, these mm. people are rich, apparently. Mm. All right, finally, uh, Levi Meaden as Mark. Oh, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> I just wanted, I was just waiting. I was saving my no. Uh, <laughs> do you know I what honestly he- don't see what you do. The vibe I get from this actor is that he could have, like, been in the Hunger Games or something. He's got that mm. kind of Yeah, he could have played look. a corpse in the Hunger Games. <laughs> or, like, <laughs> a villain. A villain yeah. from, like, one of the districts the or C, something. yeah. <laughs> my, my kryptonite is generic Patchy facial hair? No, generically good-looking <laughs> blonde guys. <laughs> Like, if you're a, like, generic blonde white man, for some reason, it just, it gets me. I feel so, like you watched too I'm much gonna... Home and Away as a kid or something. Yeah, <laughs> possibly, possibly. Um, yeah, he does have that look to him. I get that he's bland as fuck, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. Um, 
<laughs> I feel like he'd do well in another film. Yeah, and, you know, to these people's credits, they've got plenty of other credits. So. <laughs> <laughs> Credit to their credits. I would be interested to see these people in other films just to see what they could offer with direction and a script. Oh, for sure, yeah. I can't do that again. It's evil. I'm never touching that thing again. I want to stay friends, though. I trust you. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now it's time for Opinion Swap, where we find some entertaining reviews of In Control from across the interweb. The first one's from Anton Battelle on Letterboxd, and he says... At its heart, In Control is the story of a young woman's longing to be someone else and her slow discovery of self. And as such, it dramatizes the adolescent drive to try out new things no matter how addictive or destructive they may prove. It is also, of course, an allegory of the digital lives that we are all now living, staring into the reflective surfaces of our computer, reinventing ourselves as online anonyms, impersonations and avatars and unable to shed the suspicion that we may just be a powerless puppet, puppet in a system where control is illusionary. Ambiguous and elliptical, in control is a speculative poem, whereas wherein <laughs> postmodern identity becomes its own special form of prison. Poetry, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is the uh, director <laughs> on his alt account, uh, which is, you know, ironic because the very thing he's talking about, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is him pretending to be someone who liked his film. And I, I understand. <laughs> are, are you allowed to make up what happened in a film for a review? You're just allowed to, like, make up things? Because, like, a lot of that stuff was not within the text. <laughs> he's just straight up, yeah. like, improvising. It's a lot of... It's a lot of the stuff that should have been explored in this plot. I agree. Yeah. Like, it could have been there. That would have been great yeah. if it was, but unfortunately, they didn't go there. But how amazing, you know, that somebody has that ability to watch the film and get all of that out of it. Um, like, kudos to Anton. Um, all right. So, the next one's from Harry, who gives it half a star, and he says, whatever this is trying to be, it is not very good at it. Dull both in writing and performances in addition to the visual style, which is to the level of a TV advertisement. This film is not worth trying to sit through despite its short runtime. What's that guy's name? That sounds Harry. Harry and I could be friends, I think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think he's summed it up very, very succinctly. Is that how you make a lot of friends? Like yeah. based on what they like and don't like? Oh, for sure. You know, just got to like bond over <laughs> hatred mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um finally we have one from abra dalamanhima on imdb they must have run out of good usernames at that point um one out of ten a waste of time a creepy ending i didn't really get it why does she committed the accident <laughs> wasn't why she texting did, uh, she had committed the accident <laughs> 
I think that's one of the questions for the ages. <laughs> Why did she was it because she got shot while she was driving? Yeah, and then the film she slingshot back because that's another thing that they sort of preference. Maybe she drew far away enough that when she died, she didn't slingshot back. Mm. But also, like, because this is all the- magic, right? It's How did the production <laughs> afford a car flipping over is what I want to know. Uh, didn't you see that back window? That car was stripped. <laughs> like, the inside <laughs> of it was already, like, totaled. Some real yeah, Mythbusters shit. Still, that's got to cost money. Like, you work in the industry, Brendan. I'll tell you what that cost. That cost finding a friend who has a plot of land that you can just do whatever the fuck you want on. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, but like, but like, surely you need like a stunt driver. Like, oh, you would. would so that costs um, money. Yeah, yeah. If you if you hire a stunt driver, it's going to cost you money. If you got a friend with a paddock and they, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I've seen you around campus before. Oh, you got a colony? I used to. It wasn't really for me. Went for all the wrong reasons. <sighs> yeah. I get that. Let's get to tenuous recommendations where we each recommend a piece of media that's linked to today's movie in some way. And a reminder, if you ever want to see a list of all the recommendations we have made on the show, head over to our letterbox page, which is linked on our website. So I'll get us started. My connection is movies set at university. So I'm going to choose a 2014 drama called The Riot Club. Oh, I haven't heard of it. Have you guys seen this? No. No, not at all. Um, so it's set in Oxford University in, in London and it centers around the elite of Oxford, the legacy students whose parents founded Oxford University and they're incredibly wealthy and they can do whatever they want. And they've set this, up this little secret society called the Riot Club. And every year, uh, a bunch of them, and they're all men, go to this pub where they have like a night of hedonism and so with each other well not in that sense (laughs) um but uh so they they all go to this pub and it's set mostly during the one night and things escalate and the most privileged of the people do some despicable things that cross a line and then um, they have to deal with the consequences of that. Um, so it's a really entertaining film, amazing cast, full of like every every like good looking British romantic lead in a drama that you've seen in the last ten years. They're all in this film. Um, also stars Ollie Alexander, who's the lead singer of Years and Years, and was the main character in It's a Sin. Ah, uh, um, cool, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting look at, at privilege and wealth and power dynamics and what the rich can get away with. And it's also um, got some pretty good eye candy. So uh, the right win-win. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Hannah, what's yours? I think this one um, is pretty well known and you may have even spoken about it uh, on the show. I'm not sure. But the San mm-hmm. Junipero episode of Black Mirror is mm-hmm. um, my connection that I made while I was watching it. I think partly because the the film felt like it should have been a Black Mirror episode and that was um, partly what it was trying to deal with, like the, the dark side of tech and um, the ethical ambiguity of um, playing around with that sort of thing. But um, San Junipero uh, is season three, episode four of Black Mirror. 
And it's mm-hmm. um, the premise is uh, it's set at a beach town resort, um, which is uh, a simulated reality, basically like a, a w- when people um, in the future uh, are elderly, instead of um, going to an elderly people's home, they can uh, link up to um, a simulated reality where um, they can live in the youthful version of themselves and, uh, yeah, live out beautiful uh, romances. Um, Yeah, it's a really lovely episode uh, full of heart um, and a beautiful queer um, lesbian storyline. It just gets me every single time. I think it's a perfect episode of television. It's amazing. Do you also connect to it because – I don't, I don't know if anyone else has ever mentioned this, but you look a lot like Mackenzie Davis. Oh, character. Now Mackenzie I've Davis. Do a comparison. I have never heard that. No. So she's um. I know you're a Terminator. Character. Yeah, she was one of the Terminators. That's a pretty good. Comparison. She's got like blonde hair now, though. Hey, oh, another actually, Canadian actress. Wow, actually, looking at this photo, I totally see what you mean. Yeah, like you could be sisters. Oh wow. <laughs> 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 Not why I connected to it, but um, I'll take it. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. It is, it is a, a bit of a body episode. swappy kind of thing, isn't it? Mm. And uh, yeah, definitely an age swap. We've, we've done a few. And um, yeah, it, it, it's a lot more hopeful than the usual tone of that show. Which very bleak. <laughs> very bleak. Yeah, it's less, yeah. Um, less dark. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, great, great choice. Um, Brendan, what's yours? Um, I was going to do a couple. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to do a couple of books that came to mind while watching this that I was thinking about because this movie failed to sort of like grasp the concepts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a, um, it's like a short essay called uh, Two Concepts of Liberty, um, which is written by Isaiah Berlin. Um, it's really, I, I really think it's a, a, a really cool read. Uh, it's just about the, the basic idea of like the freedom from something and the freedom to do something. Um, and I think that, uh, essentially was the message that this movie was trying to, to like unravel was the idea of like, yeah, basically the idea that, uh, there's two ideas of liberty, the idea of, um, the freedom from things like tyranny, um, and then so people stopping you from doing things um, and the freedom to do things. Uh, oh, the other one I was going to suggest was uh, Free Will by Sam Harris, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, another really short read. Um, and it's just about uh, thinking through like how much uh, actual choice we actually have. Um, like the idea of, you know, I don't choose to have a piece of toast, like, ha- you know, I don't choose to feel like a piece of toast or I don't choose to, you know, um, be interested in karate all of a sudden. It's, it's, it's a, basically it, it poses the idea that, you know, uh, choice is an illusion and that mm. everything's sort of deterministic. Um, but, you know, for some people that could be really depressing and uh, in other ways it could be sort of a relief that maybe you're not so much in control of all the fucked up things that you are, you know, anyway. It's a interesting read of the the subject in a very easy to digest form. So, do you have to remind yourself that every time you're watching a body swap movie for this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> that I don't, yeah, that you have no control over the situation? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, and then I I thought I had a film in mind, but maybe I didn't. 
No, you've just given our listeners homework. Good uh, work. <laughs> just a little bit of light reading. <laughs> just my, my oh, recommendation. The zero theorem. That's what the it zero. was. Uh, Terry Gilliam's The uh, the Zero Theorem. Does, I've never seen it. Never seen it? No. I'm just making sure I named it right. Yeah. The Zero Theorem. It's got uh, that guy from um, the, the Bastards film. Yeah. Uh, Christopher. What's his name? Christopher Waltz. Oh, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz, sorry. Uh, and it's uh, about this guy who has been given the task to, um, by, by, uh, by the company he works for, to uh, prove that life is meaningless. Uh, <laughs> so, he's like trying to figure out this theorem to, to prove that, like, yeah, basically that we're not in control of anything and that, yeah, everything is binary. Like, uh, the idea that there's a, there's a, a calculation to the universe and that, yeah, everything's deterministic and stuff. And so we're not moral agents of, you know, control of our own destinies and stuff. Um, so, yeah, another thing that sort of I felt like delved into these ideas as well. Do you know what, though, Brendan? Like, I feel like that sounds like a good film because it, it picked one thing and uh, interrogated it or just, yeah. And it's a, it's a, if you've seen Terry Gilliam stuff, like it has that same, like, visual flair. Visual feast to it. Okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a really uh, fun watch if you want to look at a depressing <laughs> if you like existential crisis. Existential yeah. sci fi. Great wreck. Yeah. <laughs> what if you do something strange? Something they would never do? Try to push it sometime. See what happens. Just. Don't do anything to a character, otherwise things can get a little weird. All right. So if you head over to our website, you'll see that each of us has ranked every body swap film we have reviewed on the podcast. So my question is, where are we going to put in control on our lists? So, um, Hannah, you've got a very short list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Love on a Leash. This is a no-brainer. It is going above Love on a Leash, although I think I enjoyed Love on a Leash more. But we're not, we're not, um, it's quality, isn't it? We're just going. Well, not necessarily. I, I rank by enjoyment. Oh, okay. More well, quality. in which case, uh, Love on a Leash I is believed- going higher than In Control. <laughs> yeah. I would watch Love on a Leash like 10 times over before, before this one again. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're having a movie night this weekend. I more in uh, Love on a Leash. Like, I, I could tell it was a dog man more <laughs> than I could. <laughs> That's very true. Like, it did a better job. Yeah, of something. it did. Who would have thunk? <laughs> Who would have um, thunk it? All right. So, looking at my list, where the fuck am I going to put this? I, I didn't enjoy watching it. Um, it was boring. So, I think it has to be towards the bottom with all the other boring films. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to put it in between the cobbler and dream a little dream so that's like fifth from the bottom i i really didn't like this movie (laughs) (laughs) for some reason my eye stopped at birth and i'm just trying to figure out is it above or below birth uh i can it's clearly a better film i can get i feel like i get similar feelings of um the way it's shot and stuff as well do you no way (laughs) birth was so well made (laughs) This is actually craziness. I'm going to put it beneath birth and Good. Uh, above the Christmas swap. Oh. <laughs> 
actually, it's dropping one more. The Christmas swap and forward. There we go. Uh, what is the Christmas, Christmas swap? Uh, that sounds like uh, I can't I remember I which one out. was. The Christmas swap is the one with uh, the. Oh, is that the? No, so, I have to make sure. Because the problem is we've we've watched like. Christmas, we've watched the, Chris- the Christmas swap uh-huh. and we've watched the Christmas switch. Oh, uh, yeah, watched, I've seen the Christmas watched, switch. And the, we've also watched Christmas switch. There's the Christmas switch, or there's Christmas oh, switch, okay. this Christmas swap, and then Christmas. The Christmas, Christmas swap. The Christmas the, swap was the uh, the one with two brothers. The two brothers, and uh, it's like a, like a straight drama. Yeah, it's like it's, a lot of the film is about like a woman with dementia. Oh like, God, okay. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's like a Christmas film, and then you end up just spending the room. Uh, the like, genre on IMDb room. does say comedy fantasy, but it does. Yeah, a holiday a wish becomes a magical Christmas switch in TV One's original movie. <laughs> okay, but yeah, it's they mostly it. about it's mostly about a woman with Alzheimer's. It's so fucking depressing. Oh God, okay, give it a miss. Give it a miss. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen a Christmas switch. I've just realized I was looking that up as well. Anyway, that's for another time. Probably <laughs> oh, during the Christmas you got a season. Whole lot to, yeah, a whole bunch to watch for Christmas. <laughs> don't. Please don't. If you have any self preservation, do not. <laughs> now, the Christmas tray does star Alec Baldwin. Uh, no, not Alec Baldwin. His brother, <laughs> William Baldwin. Yeah. One of the Baldwins. And Denise Richards. Oh. And oh, yeah, Tom Arnold. <laughs> you say Christmas truce or Christmas it's trade? It's a star-studded event. Trade. Oh. That was trade, Christmas right? Trade. That yeah. was the father son. Is there one called a Christmas trade? <laughs> no, there's only the Christmas trade. <laughs> it's so fucking confusing. It's more confusing than this fucking. I wonder movie if there's one watched. just called Christmas trade. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas trade in control. <laughs> well, I th- really, my main takeaway is I'm relieved that um, I'm not an idiot. Yes. And it wasn't just me that this film is borderline incomprehensible. So, yay. yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, next episode. In honour of the Super Mario Brothers movie earning the highest grossing opening for an animated film of all time with 377 million worldwide, we'll be doing our very first Italian body swap. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, molto bene. (laughs) Wife and a husband. Where after 10 years of marriage, Andreas and Sophia are thinking about a divorce. But after a failed science experiment, find themselves in each other's bodies. Mamma mia! (laughs) (laughs) Should I do the whole episode? Yeah, please do. (laughs) Is that how you do Italian? Is like mamma mia like a full stop in Italian? (laughs) <laughs> it is when you like every an exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, our very first Italian body swap. Are we excited? Super excited. I didn't even know that was a genre. Oh, Dallas is coming back? Sick. Oh, if she, if she wants, she can. <laughs> <laughs> she seems more, more excited than, than me. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be listening. <laughs> um, maybe I can find an Italian to come on the episode. Ooh. <laughs> Do you know any? (laughs) 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 All right. So, um, yeah, that should be interesting. Um, But until next time, don't be a piece of shit on the ground, TPW, and we'll 
review us on iTunes or Spotify. And I was Paul Mitzi. Uh, I was Brendan Lever. <laughs> and I was Hannah Dallas. Thanks for listening. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. The Swellcast podcast is recorded in Adelaide, Australia. It's hosted by Paul Mitzi and edited by Brendan Levi and Paul Mitzi. Our theme song was written and performed by John Marco of Too Creative, featuring Lucy Thomas, and recorded at Browntown Studios. Our music bumpers were created by Reggie Parker. Contact him on parkerregmusic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>